0: Welcome to the Engineering Emotions and Energy Podcast. I am your host, Justin Wink. Today gonna be talking about money. I think we might have talked about it on a previous podcast. Gonna dive a little bit deeper. I've been doing a 31-day program called Mind Your Money with James Wedmore. It's been fantastic investigating my relationship with money. And gonna go over one of the the topics that I found very, very helpful. It's about identifying your money story and there's four different levels. So we're going to go over that today. So remember to uh, to like this podcast, you know, uh, subscribe on iTunes or whatever you use to get your podcast. Come check us out on Facebook at emotions engineering. Hit me up, let me know uh, what you like about this episode, what you would like to see in the future, get part of the conversation. So money's always kind of an interesting thing cuz often a lot of what we do in life comes from or because of, or we can't do because of money. And is that true or have we just made it true? Because a lot of times we think that money is a very definite, concrete thing of, you know, uh, a, a, a soda is $2, except when you go to the movie theater and it's $5 or you go to Disneyland and maybe it's $7. So, Wait, is is money a constant or is it something variable and you go to like New York City or you go to San Francisco and uh hotel rooms four hundred and thirty dollars a night, or you go to the the Philippines and maybe you can get a really nice room for fifteen dollars a night, like right on the ocean front with the fantastic service. So is is money really as solid as we often believe? And is there enough? And that's where these four levels of money start to come in. And I I really loved going through and looking at my relationship with money through the past through this lens and realizing that there have been times where I've been at one level and changed to other levels. And the other really interesting thing is because money is so variable in so many ways that it really is it's up to each individual how they decide to create their story of money their relationship with it the poverty mindset does not actually peg to an actual dollar amount like you know there's the the u.s federal poverty limit yet i can know know for a fact there's people that make well above the poverty limit that operate from a poverty mindset, and there's people that make way less, way less, have way less money, yet they feel rich, and you see them carry themselves. The best uh, example of this is is Bali. To to me, it's just a fantastic, wonderful place where there's there's poverty, yet. These, uh, you know you see the people living a very rich life because it's filled with so much intention and so much respect for for what there is and they see the, the richness of what the land provides and what their relationships provide and it, it really it can be a trip to see someone having less less money but yet in some ways having so much more out of life because of how they have their relationships. So the first the first level of money level 1 is the survival story of money. This is playing not to lose. This is paycheck to paycheck where money is a tool to survive each and every day. And although I I didn't grow up at this level, I I went I went to college and this was the level I started operating at when I was in in college in the dorms. Um Just that, that kind of mindset of, okay, only get a certain allotment, uh, for each, each meal. Better make the most of it because otherwise won't get anything until the next meal period and get the, the allotment of, uh, cash on my dining card, uh, to be able to get more. So, okay, it's $7 at lunch. Uh, Okay, let me do the, the math and how can I maximize so that I can get the most, the most goodies? um for that 7 dollars without going over kind of like price is right rules right so but you don't you don't want to just bet the 1 dollar you don't want to just use the 1 dollar cuz then it's gone it's that's no good so you even start doing swapping of well i don't really need anything but hey do, do you want some stuff and then maybe later you can get me stuff later or trading other things like that i once remember i was even i was home home from school uh one year in college and i went to kmart and I needed some shoes. And there was a pair of shoes. It they weren't even trying to pretend to be like a brain brain bleh, a brand name. These were not these were not Nicky's or Rubox. These were just some completely third party and not ashamed shoes. And they were they were marked down from twenty dollars to two dollars and forty-three cents. I shit you not. I bought shoes that were $2 and 43 cents. R- really. I-, I think they were actually priced by the pound. I think it was a dollar a pound because these two shoes had to weigh at least two pounds. They were heavy. They were bulky. And it's, I look, I look back and I'm like, I can't imagine how much damage I did to my body because I wanted those cheap shoes. And I wore those shoes for like a year and I, Looking back, I've had four knee surgeries and all sorts of muscular issues and things like that, and I am I I know those shoes, they definitely did not help. So I was definitely playing from a survival mindset when I was in college, and it's one of those that's like, in a lot of ways, was way better off than people, you know, a lot of people didn't get the opportunity to go to college, yet... I decided that was my story, that I am in survival mode with money when I was in college. So this, the second level is saving and hoarding money. This is where the way to make money is just to hold on to it. So save everything. And this is where I've, I've spent the vast majority of my life, is in the saving, hoarding. My, my parents very much in this way, I would say, they practically hoarders you know had a six bedroom house and there was always at least one room that was off limits to company because it was filled with stuff because you once you got stuff you wanted to keep it because it had value you might need it later you don't you don't want to spend money on something that you already bought once and maybe you let go that's a complete waste that you want to hold the things and you want to hold the money and so i spent most of my working life Trying to hold on to money, put the savings away, 401k, retirement accounts, saving, saving, save a dollar. And someone that's in this mode is very much going to spend way more time to save money than they would trying to to earn it. Because again, money is something that's that's it's out there, it's it's scarce, and it's something to be held on to. So like coupon clipping, only buying stuff on sale, and this is where I've spent definitely most of my life is in this level two saving and hoarding money, th- you know, thinking, oh, one day, one day I'll have enough. One day I'll have enough, and I I'd started to realize there's something wrong with this concept about a year ago, when I was talking to to a woman who'd been working at my company for over twenty years, married to another man at this company over twenty years, so yet. Forty plus years of two incomes, very likely over six figures equivalent, and you know, stocks and all that stuff. And she's worried about get having enough money for when she retires. And I asked her, Well, what are you what are you gonna do when you retire? And she's like, Oh, I don't know yet. I have I haven't figured that out. When I have enough money to retire, then I'll figure it out. And I realized she hasn't set what enough is. It it will never end she will never be able to retire and enjoy it because she'll never actually have enough. She'll always be in this mode of needing to save more, needing to get more. And because that hasn't been established, it will never happen. So this is one of those, like for myself, about a year and a half ago, I actually set a number like when I have this amount, I am going to feel like I could, I could stop working for a, at least a year because my mind could wrap, you know, cause there's a little bit, well, you know, forever till the day you die. That's that a lot of people have a real hard time wrapping their head around. I might never have to earn another dollar in my entire life. Right. Um, I actually was friends with a guy who's about 30 years older than me, been working in tech and this guy at lunch would often go report back that, yeah, I just got a call from an account and they found a couple more accounts of mine, um, that, that each have, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars each. Um, yeah, so I, I guess I got to figure out what to do with that money. Cause they said, you know, I got to worry about the FDIC insurance cause I, I, there's too much money and they're sending to move it around. And he had, you know, houses, uh, multiple places in the world, like, you know, lots of stocks, um, it's one of those, like, I would have estimated that yeah, pr- he's probably worth, you know, $6 million in assets worldwide, if you include all the homes and stocks and all these other things. And I know for a fact that if one has $3 million, well invest in the stock market, you do a Monte Carlo analysis of all the possible outcomes that could happen over the next next 40 years that and you only spend sixty thousand in today's equivalent dollars, you would literally never run out of money. You that would become a money-making machine that you could never run out of. And sixty thousand dollars in the US, you might go, hey, that's that's a little that's a little that's that could be a little tight. It could be a little tight. Maybe it's not the lifestyle I want to live. But if you go to another country, if you go to the Philippines, if you go to the Dominican Republic, you go to Costa Rica, you go to Portugal. That is a great chunk of money, and the healthcare is way more affordable. And a lot of the reports say it's even higher quality healthcare than here in the US. So, for the value you get, fantastic. And this man, despite having what I would estimate over $6 million of assets, was convinced that he did not have enough, that he could not retire, that he would run out of money almost almost like immediately was the way he felt. Again, because money is about how we believe it to be because there really is not any true truth to money in a lot of ways if we, we start to really play this game of looking at different opinions and different locations, different things like that. So it's really important to me if when I was in this mode of, well, defining enough and then – as I got closer to the enough i I realized it really didn't change anything that there was no feeling there was no um, that it really made that this belief that the way to have the feeling of safety with money by having a certain number that that is in fact an illusion so it's one of those you might be listening to it and me and going. Justin, you're full of shit. Like Once once I have enough, I'll know and everything's going to be good and it's going to be gravy. I'm saying, pick a number, get to that number, then let me know how you feel. It probably didn't make you any happier once you got to the number because, again, it really is a mindset. So that's level two is that money is for saving, money is for hoarding, that money is more valuable than time, which if you think about it, is completely bonkers. Because time is the only thing that is finite. People think time equals money, which is completely untrue. Time is linear and finite. Money is completely variable and limitless, as many of us have seen with the U.S. Fed basically printing dollars out of thin air. And because we all believe it's okay, it's been okay. So money really is what we make it to be. So the third level is money is for comfort. So basically, it's for convenience. It's to make life easier. People say money can't buy happiness. It sure can buy your way out of some troubles being a showstopper to being just a slight minor inconvenience. For example, if you're on your way to a job and your car breaks down, And you can't afford to pay for an Uber or a taxi, and you can't get to your job, and you lose your job. That is devastating. But if you have enough money so that you can call the Uber, then have your car towed to get worked on, it's not devastating. It's a minor inconvenience, and money is a great tool for these conveniences. Having a house cleaner is another great example of cleaning the house. It can take a lot of time. You can pay someone else to do it. This is something that I was one of the, this was one of the first things that I indulged in when I started having a job, and I saw it as the, one of the best, best values because the way I clean, I have such an attention to detail, which, which in my career as an engineer is very beneficial, but when it comes to cleaning the house, When this comes to relationships with other human beings, this is a complete liability, my attention to detail. So, if I was to clean my house, it would probably literally take me 20 hours because I would notice every little thing and I would be getting to the little grout lines with a toothbrush, scrubbing them. And then I would go like, well, this this grout, it needs it needs to be filled in. So I would need to repair that. I, I would probably literally never end if I cleaned my own house because I would get into every little thing. Whereas I pay a wonderful woman. She does a great job. She's done in like two and a half hours. And to me, it looks fantastic. I, I love it. I'm like amazed every time. And I know that what she does would take me eight hours, but I would go on to the extra 20 just because I would notice every little thing. She doesn't worry about every little thing. She does just good enough to make it great, and I'm super happy with it. And so this is where I've I've started to get into money is for comfort. And it's one of those where I want to get more into this relationship with money, where I'm not seeing it as, oh, if I hold on to it, then that's that's a good relationship with money. I want to see it as it's, it's a tool for use. That that's where I'm living most of the time so that I can get to level four. So the level four of a money story is richness and abundance. Seeing that money always flows. What if money to you was like air is to you? Where it's you want it, it's there, just take it in, and then you don't need it, you let it go. It's you're swimming in it, it's just like the oxygen in the air, it's completely abundant. There's no lack. And this is the story of money that I want to get to. I'm not there yet, I'm on my way though. I know it because. I'm aware of it. And once we're aware of something and we say we want it, we can find a way to get it. And when you're in this state of money is like air, there's always enough. There's no reason not to go for the best. There's no reason not to be very generous with others, not to be helpful. And then you'll just also attract. You'll attract opportunity You'll attract people that are there to help, attract people that are there to do business with you. As you provide more value, you'll get more in return. Virtuous cycle. Because really, money is just kind of a proxy for the value that we place on things. And if we believe we're providing a lot of value, and other people believe we're bringing a lot of value, they would pay us more money because they'd be like, you're you're bringing value to my life. And we, when we think of money as something limited, like that story one, story two, the survival or the saving hoarding, there can be this like, well, it's, a, it's, it's limited. And if I take from somebody, it's at the expense of them. Yet when we're kind of in the money is like air and the more we breathe it, we're, the more we're just part of a system that we all benefit the more we exchange this because, you know, if we all, if we all stopped breathing, when we stopped creating the carbon dioxide that comes from the oxygen that we process, utilize, and then put out carbon dioxide and then plants use that, that, you know, saving up, <laughs> if we saved up all of the oxygen and kept it for ourselves and then didn't let the carbon dioxide out, that would, that would, not be good for the planet. Now, I'm aware of global warming and too much CO2. So that's not, that's not the point. It's a, it's a metaphor. It's a relax, fucking relax. It's a metaphor. Okay? So the point is that if we can see it as there really is unlimited amounts, because if we really look at all the, the resources and the abilities that there really isn't a limited supply of much of anything necessary for human survival. Like our ability to create food, our ability to create objects of benefit um, are amazing. And we're getting close to when so much more is going to be automated, automated driving, automated manufacturing, automated transportation, that there won't be much that is needing humans to do to help us with our own survival. So really it will just be what are we doing so that we can each live happier, healthier, better lives. And when we're just talking about humans helping humans, to me that is completely unlimited and abundant. And if we see that that's really where we're headed, then to me this idea of money being unlimited and abundant and being like air, I I buy it i buy it do you buy it if not how how is that serving you 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 can you can be at whichever one of these money stores you want to be part of it's recognizing where you are where you've been and then where would you like to go so where would you like to go do you want to do you want to come join me in story 4 where money is like air and it's it's abundant or not. That's okay. Different people like different places, right? Like I love, I love being on the beach. Some people like the mountains. That's cool. It's cool. So that's today's show. The four levels of money that we went over is survival. Number one, number two, saving and hoarding. Number three, money for comfort. And four, money being richly abundant and flowing like air. So that's today's show. Thanks for being here. Remember, like us, subscribe to us on iTunes, find us on Facebook at Emotions Engineering. Hit me up. Let me know what story of money you are playing at and where you'd like to be. And look forward to hearing more from you and more shows. All right. Take care and good day.